everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We have a way of speaking to each other through food. It's really renewed for me, my love of what I do. It's going to take something far stronger than a pandemic to defeat us. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. See what we've got going on. Plan your visit at Baltimore.org. Welcome to How We Win. All over the country, people are doing extraordinary things. We're giving you the knowledge that you need to make a difference right now. The best antidote to anxiety is action. It still is. We've won some battles, but we still have more work to do. There are 27 days till Joe Biden is inaugurated and Trump is out of the White House. That's right. Today, we catch up with Georgia Senate candidate John Ossoff. We hear about how he got involved with politics and, most importantly, how you can get involved in this campaign to help us gain control of the Senate majority. Mm-hmm. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And, and this, this is How, how We Win. win. Well, we are winding down a truly incredible, stunning, hellacious year. (laughs) And one of the bright, bright shining lights in this year were all the people who stepped up and did all kinds of stuff. It's been you guys. You guys have been... Our endless source of hope, that's where we tap into our hope. Um, Seeing people step up for the first time, getting uh, incredible inspiration from people who have been doing this for years and years and years, learning from each other, working together, building our power, achieving things during the truly hardest of circumstances. I'm just uh, in awe of this community and so grateful for all of you, all of our listeners, all of the volunteers. Yeah. One of the ways that we're seeing the impact of that is this week, as Congress and the Senate are wrapping up for a recess, they finally passed another stimulus relief package. And it leaves a lot to be desired, Mm -hmm. but it has some stuff in there that really that we've been trying to get past for a little while now. Yeah, I mean, great to get it passed. Uh, you know, it's it does have some important relief for a lot of people. But also, I'm optimistic that when we have a new administration at the top of next year, hopefully we have uh, a new person controlling the Senate, we'll be able to pass uh, in shorter shrift some more meaningful help for people uh, during this terrible, terrible spike that's going on and the impact of that with the coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't want to come off as one of those people who is like, that's all that they're they're giving is stimulus. But really, let's say for like 10 months of pain, um, and a tw- there's $1,200 checks a long time ago. Now there are going to be $600 checks. I guess every little bit makes a difference. If you're, if you're struggling, it's nothing to sneeze at. 
Um, but it took them so long and there's $900 billion in this relief package and $600 per person doesn't take up a whole lot of that. So it's disappointing. This government has been uh, shamefully absent in helping working people and helping regular people. What's held it up more than anything else is Mitch McConnell's desire to put liability protection for companies um, into the bill. It's just awful, 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 awful. But I'm grateful that it's there. It's you know going to, I think, help some people right before the holidays and give some people uh, a little bit of relief coming into the new year. Yeah, um, that's good. I think we should still be, even if you have a, a Congress member who you appreciate and who, you know, fought for this, you, you should let them know that you're disappointing. You should let them know why. We talk a lot on this podcast about storytelling mm-hmm. and sharing the impact of things on our, our personal lives. And this is this is a powerful time to do that because it's even for the folks who are pushing for doing the right thing, it's arming them with information that they need. So. That's a little plug for, you know, if you find yourself with some free time and can shoot off an email <laughs> right? um, this week. Yeah. Good yeah. advice. But once again, to come back around uh, to our, our big thanks for all of you who are listening. And I have had such an amazing time doing this podcast. The opportunity to hear from all these incredible people and the great privilege to be able to speak to all of you every week and hopefully give you some useful information and some useful calls to action so that we can all be productive every week. It is such a privilege. I absolutely love it, and I'm so grateful for all of you. We're not stopping. We're going to keep going. But um, you know, at the end of this year, I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, that's really thoughtful. And yes, um, it's. I feel like I've learned so much talking to the people who participate in the podcast, and also hearing feedback from listeners. Um, it's been. It's been really an incredible experience that I'm so grateful for. So thank you to everyone who's been listening. Yeah. We're going to keep recording through inauguration and celebrate inauguration day together where the countdown is, is on for that. Um, and then we're going to take a little break and come back for a season two. So that'll be exciting. Uh, that is exciting. And can we talk about one of our recent guests who is making big moves this Senator week? Senator Padilla. That's right. Senate, Senate, Senate designate, Senator designate, right. Alex Padilla, uh, California's Secretary of State, How We Win podcast guest. I'm sure he's going to put that at the top of his list of accomplishments. <laughs> right. Um, was um, appointed to to take Kamala Harris's Senate seat by the governor of California. Right. First Latino uh, senator in California history, which is pretty remarkable, wonderful honor for him, but also surprising that it took that long. But uh, thrilled to have him serving California is going to be great. And I do hope people go back and and listen to our interview with him and you'll get a sense for um, how smart and, uh, and what just a great guy he is too. Yeah, he's got such an interesting personal story and and background, Um, and he talked uh, about how he first became a community organizer and and, an elected official. And so it's a a great listen if you want to hear more about about our newest uh, U.S. senator. And we want to give him some help 
in the Senate too, because mm-hmm. we've all the things that we want to do, we can do if we get the majority back in the Senate. Um, at least a lot of them. This special election in Georgia is heating up. We are fortunate to have John Ossoff on the show today. Uh, We caught up with him on his bus tour. Of course, he needs no introduction because all of you have been working your asses off for him. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I said it. I wanted to say that to him during the interview and then I thought better of it, but... (laughs) <laughs> Why'd you hold back? He's sick of hearing that, dude. He gets, <laughs> get that. Um, but this special election is coming up on January 5th. It um, ends on January 5th. Sorry to interrupt, but it ends on January 5th. It's Early ongoing. voting's already yes. happening. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. We are still getting used to speaking appropriately about these elections. But January 5th is the last day to vote, which means we still have more time. However, as Steve just pointed out, hundreds of thousands, over a million people have already voted so far. So we need to make sure that we are talking to them now. Yes. Um, there's record numbers of voters that have registered, and that means a lot of people to make phone calls to. So we are going to do that. And uh, last I checked, it was 1.4 million had already voted, which is amazing. We have a lot of work to do. And that's really my reason for hope, I'll say, because that's what I was going to talk about. So I'll just jump right in. My reason for hope is the organizing work that's going into Georgia. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm I'm nervous about it. Um, hmm. I, I don't know like if uh, Trump's crazy conspiracy theory slinging um, – is going to hurt in Georgia. I hope it does. I, I really think that we need some depressed you know, Republican turnout. Uh, we need help with that. But my hope is it, these candidates are running great campaigns. They're working together. They're working with grassroots organizations. And then you've got Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight and Say Who Fought with a New Georgia Project, Black Voters Matter, all of these great community-led organizations, I believe in them. I believe in the work that they've been doing. They give me a a tremendous amount of hope. So I'm hopeful. I'm a little worried. We need to make sure that we don't leave any stone unturned, that we keep our foot on the gas the whole time. Yeah, that's um, such a powerful reason for hope because it's, it's so close and we can have such a big impact and that always feels great. Um, Got some unfinished business to take care of heading into the new year. That's right. That's right. My reason for hope is we had the the shortest day of the year this week. <laughs> that was accompanied by a pretty spectacular space phenomenon. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> um, let me tell you something. I am so tired these days <laughs> that I cannot stay awake to see moments like this i have to look at everybody's pictures the next day but on this on this uh, shortest day longest night which the baby slept through the longest night by the way congratulations Mm. that's helpful that's very helpful um that means that we are on the other side of the winter solstice and that's giving me a whole lot of hope i think you know it always feels good when you're on the upswing of something and it's always darkest before the dawn. Womp, womp. So I think that votes well. I love for a good Batman reference. In the next couple of weeks. 
So I'm just hopeful in general and I'm excited. You know what? I'm going to eat so much this, this week Mm. that I'm just really excited about that too. Me too. Melinda's (laughs) going to make her uh, cranberry crumble short cranberry shortcake crumble. Oh, it's so good. So delicious. Oh, that sounds incredible. We'll say, we'll send some to you. We'll send some to all of our listeners. No, that we won't do, but (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could. I'm really, really grateful for all of you that listen. We have a, um, I, I, you're going to enjoy John Ossoff's interview. He's so Mm -hmm. smart, so well-spoken. It's a quick one because we caught him on the bus on the phone, but uh, I love a good campaign bus tour, (laughs) right? Yep. But you all have some last minute holiday stuff to tend to anyway. So uh, we'll keep this one short for you and give you time to make some phone calls for Georgia. John Ossoff is a Democratic candidate for the U.S. Senate running in the Georgia special election that concludes on January 5th. He joins us, I believe, from his campaign bus tour. Where, Where are we catching you today? Hey, Steve, that's exactly right. We're just leaving Thomasville, Georgia. This is the Health, Jobs, and Justice bus tour across Georgia. I want to give a special shout-out to the whole team at Swing Left that's had my back for so long and that is working so hard, making so many phone calls to get out the vote here in Georgia and urge everybody to keep volunteering, keep working right through the finish. and be so close, these two Senate runoffs in Georgia. Absolutely. We are... Uh, pedal on the gas the whole time through we're we're not going to stop you know we i think everyone listening to this knows how important these seats are and i want to talk a little bit about ways that our volunteers can plug in and make the biggest impact but first uh, i just want to hear a little bit about your background and how you got started uh, you grew up in a politically engaged family including your mom's work to elect women to local seats in georgia you worked in government but also in media what led you to run for office so I cut my teeth as a very, very young man working for John Lewis, who became my mentor and helped guide me through my career. Uh, and he really instilled in me a conviction to fight for justice and a belief in the power of ordinary people banding together to make change. And uh, I, after working for, for several years uh, for two different members of the U.S. House from Georgia, I became disillusioned with the process, with the corruption in politics and the dysfunction. And that's why I went into journalism and media production. I now run a company that produces investigations of war crimes and organized crime and political corruption. Uh, But I'm I'm running for office at this moment because of the same passion that motivates me in journalism, which is how I was raised, to stand up for people who face exploitation or marginalization or who are being denied their human rights. There are far too many people suffering in this country far too many Georgians and Americans who lack access to health care, who lack access to dignified work that pays a living wage, and who uh, don't face justice in our so-called justice system. We can change that by making a difference uh, and voting and demanding change from elected officials. When you interned with John Lewis, you were, I was in high school, right? You were a young man. What was the most important lesson that you learned from him? Yeah, I first met Congressman Lewis, uh, when I was very, very young, you know, growing up in the South and growing up in Atlanta in particular, uh, I, I just became fascinated by wanting to learn as much as I could about civil rights history. Mm-hmm. And so I read John Lewis' memoir, Walking with the Wind, about his time in the movement 
leading the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in his early 20s and was so inspired that I wrote him a letter asking if I could meet with him or interview with him or volunteer for him. And being the kind of man that he was, he, he not only wrote me back, he offered me the chance to come and spend a couple of months working with him and then took me under his wing and guided me through my career. Uh, and he instilled in me a real belief in the capacity of people working together, citizens working together to expand opportunity and justice and human rights for all people on this planet. And that, that is what I am passionate about, building the beloved community that John Lewis taught us about, where we recognize the folly of racism and violence and poverty, where we don't accept poverty and homelessness as inevitable, uh, where we build bonds of trust between all people rooted in a recognition of our, of our common humanity and our commitment to human rights. Yeah, I love that. Those are not those are aspirations, but also things that we need to be working for every single day. So I'm grateful for the work that you continue uh, doing that. In 2017, of course, you ran for Congress, came very, very close to flipping a very, very red seat. Uh, and your race was somewhat of a bellwether for the blue wave that uh, happened in the midterms. You're no stranger to a Georgia runoff. Besides the obvious difference in campaigning during a pandemic, what's been different about this Senate run from your congressional run? Wow. Well, you know, six weeks before I got in that race for the U.S. House, the Republican incumbent had been reelected by 24 percent. Right. And in 2018, Stacey Abrams lost the governor's race here, infamously running against the man who administered the election by just a point and a half. I mean, Georgia has become younger and more diverse every hour of every day for the last 10 years. And that has been met with an extraordinary investment in volunteer recruitment and voter registration, mobilization and organizing. Right. Uh, and that's why Joe Biden was able to edge out Donald Trump in the presidential and how we were able to force both of these Senate runoffs. Senate runoffs. Um, so, you know, we, we are building a movement statewide here for health and jobs and justice for all people. You got the young Jewish son of an immigrant mentored by John Lewis running alongside a black preacher who holds Dr. King's pulpit at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that just shows you how far we've come as a state and as a region, that these are the standard bearers, that Georgia is the most competitive state in the country. And, and I want to urge everybody to, to stay involved and get involved in helping because we can achieve extraordinary things when we win these races. We can pass a $15 minimum wage. We can expand the Pell Grant program and ensure that no one has to take on debt to get a four-year degree from a public college or an HBCU. We can pass student loan debt relief. We can make extraordinary investments in clean energy and infrastructure. We can pass a new Civil Rights Act to advance criminal justice reform. But if we don't win these races, McConnell will block all of that. So the opportunity to do real good is here. And I'm urging folks to go to electjohn, electjon.com and sign up to make phone calls, text bank and get involved. You sort of have a running mate. You mentioned the the other campaign, Reverend Warnock's campaign, and you all have been joining forces. How's that coalition been working out? And how is that helping to make sure that both of you are engaging with a, a diverse group of voters? Well, it makes me reflect on the first meal I ever shared with John Lewis. What he wanted to talk about was the alliance between Jews and blacks in the South. 
during the civil rights movement. You know, as a young Jewish man working in his office, he wanted to impress upon me the importance of that alliance and how it needs to be nurtured and sustained. And I know that he is looking down on me and the Reverend running uh, and, and smiling and urging us on um, because it represents that historic alliance for human rights and civil rights. I mean, it was 1957 when Dr. King established the SDLC in Atlanta in 1958 when the temple, my synagogue, was bombed in Atlanta, and the alliance has just grown since then. So this is the New South. And, and you know, the, the Republicans since the early 1970s have, have run what they call the Southern strategy. It's all about dividing Southerners along racial and cultural lines. Right. But we're building a multiracial coalition based upon shared economic and health interests of working people here. Uh, and the, the movement energy in Georgia right now is, is something special. Well, we're going to help. We're going to go to electjohn.com. Is that the, the site that you mentioned? <laughs> That's right. It's electjohn, electjohn.com. All right. We're going to go there. And Swing Left, of course, is, is working really hard to uh, plug people into your campaigns. One last question before I let you go that we always end with. What gives you the most hope for the future? What gives me the most hope for the future is all the young people who are coming out to these rallies and voting for the first time and the, the extraordinary intensity with which young people are passionate about advancing civil rights, criminal justice reform, and saving our environment, raising wages for working people, establishing health care as a human right, uh, and the opportunity that we have when we win these Senate races to do so much good for so many people. So I'm asking all the young folks out there to double down, make time to make those phone calls, activate everybody you know in Georgia to get out to the polls uh, and help us win. Love it. A record 7.7 million Georgians are registered to vote ahead of January 5th. So we have a lot of phone calls to make. And I know you have a lot of work to do. So thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so, so much. Take care. Thank you for joining us and for stepping up to take action. This is how we win. We win when we all get involved. We would love to hear from you. Tweet to us at BluesBoySteve and at Mariah underscore Craven. Or shoot us an email at podcast at swingleft.org. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple or wherever you get your pods. Check out our page at swingleft.org slash podcast. And of course, do some volunteer work for Georgia this week. Absolutely. We hope you have a safe, healthy, and peaceful holiday. Next week, we'll be recapping the year with Amy Siskin, the author of The Weekly List. It's going to be great. You won't want to miss that. I don't want to miss it. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you next Wednesday. Attention, foodies. Discovery Plus has what you're hungry for. With new original series and a supersized collection of favorites, Discovery Plus has the largest collection of food shows anywhere. With new exclusives like Bobby and Chata in Italy and Luda Can't Cook, the streaming service for everyone hungry for more. More cooking, more competition, more originals, all for only $4.99. Discovery Plus is the streaming home of food, plus so much more. Start your free trial.